welcome uh, to our Friday morning edition. We're a little bit earlier today. Um, we have Susie and Michael here from the UK. Um, they're going to give us a little background of what they do uh, or what brought them there specifically, and then go into um, kind of what they're doing for work or just in their life generally. Um, but we're season two, episode 18, 15 minutes early. I'm in my nice, cozy mobile office. Your <laughs> office is way more comfortable than mine. Um, but welcome to the show and thank you guys for the time. Thanks for having us, Marcus and Tasha. Really excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, I always start the show the same way. Just a general background of who you guys are. And obviously, I was way off on where you guys were from. <laughs> so, give us a little background on that as well. Yeah. So, um, how we, so we're in the UK, like you said, Marcus, and how we ended up here. Uh, I'll dial back a little bit. So, mm-hmm. what I was doing, Prior to coming here, uh, I've been in the Air Force for 17 years now, and I've, you know, uh, kind of moved around a lot or whatever. But I finally got my dream job in the Air Force, which is actually teaching at the Air Force Academy. Um, now that I'm towards the end of my career, so I was teaching there. Um, I'm a geneticist, biochemist, wow. and so <clears throat> teaching wow. there. They want, they want me to continue teaching, so they sent me to get a PhD because uh, I was just teaching with a master's degree at the time, and so they sent me over here, or they kind of let me choose wherever I wanted to go. And I ended up choosing over here. Um, and so I would get a PhD and then go back and continue teaching. Um, so I am by trade in the Air Force, uh, an acquisition officer, meaning that I do a lot of program management stuff. So I acquire a lot of defense systems for the Air Force specifically. So I have a lot of program management background um, and Susie does as well. So I'll let Susie tell her story a little bit. Too. Yeah. So I did not have the same path as Michael. (laughs) I I think a lot of us didn't have that same path. That's a a pretty unique one. Yeah. So my undergrad degree, I actually got in anthropology and communication studies. And this whole time I thought to myself, like, what am I going to do with these things? And lo and behold, out of college, I went to finance. Not what I expected. But from there... (laughs) The fun, fun world of finance. (laughs) Right. From there, I spent a lot of time in accounting and I just knew that I needed like a little bit more because accounting was just not going to cut it for the rest of my life. So then I got an MBA thinking like, okay, this is how I'll help like make myself propel in my career. Yeah. Like go up the corner. But then so I get my MBA and move to the UK and then I can't get a visa for nine months. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, what is happening? Like this whole identity shift is really awkward. What am I going to do? And throughout my MBA, I actually took a lot of supply chain classes. So I was like, okay, I'll take supply chain. Like I like to understand how the world works because that's the reason I even started with anthropology to begin with is that I loved humans and supply chain and anthropology actually correlate a lot from how I see it. But then once Michael and I found out about the world of real estate, like I just took kind of like a hard left and Michael and I had decided that once I was done with my project, because I was a project manager for a biotech company over here, I was going to go into real estate full time. And so I'm in real estate now full time. And what I love though, is that majority of 
my love for real estate is because of my love for anthropology. So even going back to that, when people are like, what are you going to do with that? I now know I'm now in real estate and it works out <laughs> really, really well. And I just love it because I love, like, I love yeah. learning about people. I love making communities better. And it's like actually really cool to like work in a team and not just have like this accounting background that was not bringing me yeah. joy at all. It's not just right. numbers now. It's like, it's a little bit more fun. It's a little bit more, there's more colors involved. Yeah. So many more colors. <laughs> yes. I was going to say like, pencils. yeah. Accounting sounds a lot like your weather that you were describing yeah. this morning. Yes. Just gray. <laughs> yeah. We got different shades of gray. Um, yeah. But what I like of what, what you, <laughs> different shades of gray. That's my book. Not to be confused <laughs> with the other one. They actually copied my idea of different shades of gray. Um, so you're, you're dealing with like accounting, which is your numbers. And then you're dealing with your people, which is obviously your anthropology background. So you kind of find the combo of both. Um, and with that accounting background in real estate is awesome. I'm sure you've experienced so it's come in handy when I'm the one who gets to look over the financials, like when we're doing physical due diligence, but Michael actually handles all of the numbers now with like underwriting and such, just because I needed, okay. I needed that break. She's pushed all that on to me. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm imagining you're pretty good with numbers being in biochem. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it comes pretty I'm sure you hold your like own. spreadsheets and stuff like that. I didn't nerd out about stuff like that. So yeah. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. spreadsheets too. I'm working yeah. on it right now. And I was like yeah. signing off on it when I was, when I was, when she signed on this morning, I'm like, I'm just finishing my multitasking. Right. <laughs> and even for me though, right. When I was in accounting, I was like, I just actually want to get to know all of these like owners better. Like, so I would spend a lot of time like talking to owners on the phone, even just like about their numbers. Cause I was like, well, I'd rather just talk to people. I don't want to just look at your numbers. I don't want to just do that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, at what point did you guys jump into real estate and when did that take you over to the UK or how, what was that transition like? Yeah. So everything started actually while we were living in the UK already. So Michael and I did not have real estate like experience before we moved and it was because of COVID-19 and the lockdowns. So during the first lockdown over here, it was a little over a hundred days, but we did not have a timeline. Like we were not told like, Oh, we will like reassess this soon. It was like, Oh, well, when the numbers go down, we'll start talking about it. And for that first lockdown, it was over a hundred days, but Michael and I were like, okay, well, what are we going to do now that we have this time together? And so we started a mini book club and one of those books nice. ended up being multiple streams of income by Robert Allen. And in the second section, it talks about real estate investing. And Michael was like, just skip the first part. We don't need to focus on that. Let's just try this real estate thing. And when we had found out that like the world of real estate had gone virtual. We knew that we had like the greatest opportunity to not wait. Right. Because before it was like, Oh, well, what if we just do this when we get back to the U S and when we're like, Oh wait, no, like meetups are online. Other people are doing this from overseas. Like conferences are virtual. Why would we not just do it now? Cause we will meet so many more people now than if we were to. Have right. It. Right. That's awesome. So your long distance investing, it sounds like very so much of your portfolio is in the U S or all is your, all of your portfolios in the U S 
All, all of it is in the U.S. Yeah. So it's all okay. in Oklahoma and Texas. Nice. Is that originally where you guys are from or did you like those areas? Um, yeah, we just did an initial like market analysis. Yeah. I've never been to Oklahoma before. Yeah. We were <laughs> looking for like high cash flow um, and not really banking too much on appreciation just because you can't trust the market sometimes. Right. So um, yeah. we were looking for things like that. And and one of my, I mean, we're posting about it on social media, of course, um, about real estate investing. And then one of my old classmates from the Air Force Academy reached out and he was like, hey, dude, I saw that you're getting into real estate investing. I'm actually full-time now. I left the Air Force to do full-time investing. I'm actually in Oklahoma City. And I was like, bingo, cool. Uh, you'll be our boots in the ground. And so yeah, it's up the street from Oklahoma City. So um, that those became our two markets. And we just doubled down on those two. And we've now just... Just really looking for deals there, basically. Yeah, and it was like a lot of it was like telling ourselves that we could do it because other people were doing it, right? Like we yeah. first, like our very first thing that we even did was like Michael posted in a like military group and asked like, are other people who are living outside the U.S. investing in the U.S. and other people said yes. It's like okay, well we're not crazy for trying to make this work, right? And then we found out. I can like, just see you guys sitting there, like. <laughs> I don't know if we can, I think this is insane. This is insane. <laughs> and then yeah, to write like, that post and then to see how many investors are like, no, that's fine. I do it every day. Yeah. Like, it makes that, that stress go down. But what I like about that is like, you guys ask the question. There are a lot of people that like would brainstorm and then go to bed and forget about it. Yeah. So like kudos to you guys for, for taking that next step. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're totally okay. I was just going to say, it's like really scary to even press enter. It's like, should we do it? Do we do it? What do we do? We press enter. Ah, don't yeah. look at the notifications. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. Yep. Every time we have a, <clears throat> we have guests on, I always kind of zone out for a minute because then I start like brainstorming in my own head and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. They're doing this stuff. Maybe I should look into this. Like maybe I should be doing this. And I like, <laughs> my brain doesn't stop. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. I need to actually pay attention and have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that, that fear of pressing enter, like you said, it is, is crazy. There's a, there's so many times that people will call and I don't have the answer, but I'm not afraid to go on a forum or a blog and ask a question to see what's out there. Like we have the internet as something in our tool belt, like use it. Other people use it for Instagram and all that. Like Natasha, great on social media. I basically know how to ask questions in forums and that's about it. And Facebook marketplace, but, um, but at putting the stories up, you're getting good at that. See, that's improvement. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, the first step is, is asking and getting in. That was your day one was asking that first question. Um, so you guys aren't crazy. You're (laughs) in the UK. You've got, somebody in the background that you don't know personally was like, nope, you're not crazy. So what is your next, what's your next step after you find out this is a go? Yeah. So one of the like first people who actually responded, we, he was like, Hey, let's hop on a call again. Very scary. I'm like, we're going to have a call with somebody about (laughs) real estate. We don't know anything about real estate. How are we going to have a call about real estate? I'm literally, before we get on a (laughs) call, I, scheduled a call like 10 days out. I was like, okay, I ordered like three real estate books and I'm like plowing through them. So I actually sound like I know what I'm talking about before we actually meet. Do you remember the three books? Um, Do you remember the three books? 
Yeah, it was like, you know, oh, man, it was like one of them's Jay Scott's book, Brandon Turner's book. Um, yeah. And then I don't remember the other one. That's awesome. Yeah. No, but, if yeah. you don't remember them offhand, that's completely fine. We'll put them in the show notes because I think that's a cool thing yeah. for other people to read. Yeah. So yeah, you read was, those three books? Yeah, yeah. So it was like long distance real estate investing. And initially we were like, okay, well, let's learn about burrs. So it was buy, rehab, re- refinance, repeat, yep. investing. And then like the house on or the book on flipping houses, because that's what we thought real estate investing was. Like, so you, you found bigger pockets right away, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, initially, so back up a little bit. Initially, we were like, we were saving some money during COVID. And before we even got to this whole real estate thing, like I was talking to a buddy. I was like, do we need to buy a house in Vail, Vail, Colorado? Because like we love skiing, snowboarding. I was like, we go up there way too much. We just need to like find a place. Because when we were in Colorado, he's moving back to Colorado anyways, long story. But I started looking at short-term rentals and we started like, hey, how much money do we need to save in order to buy a short-term rental? which then looking at short-term rental stuff led me to bigger pockets, bigger pockets that led me to finding this Facebook group about the military people who are invest- investing and then led to the post that Susie mentioned, which then led to the conversation with the guy. Um, yeah. So. But then we have that call with the guy, Marcus <laughs> and Marcus was like, Hey, I'm going to this conference. I don't know, like next weekend it's virtual. You should get a ticket. And like I look it up and I see that like the main people are having a giveaway and I was like, okay, I'll like, like share and do all the things to go into the giveaway. And then I, we, I won. So I was like, okay, well now we have to go. This seems like a gift that means That's we're, awesome. supposed to, yeah, we're supposed to go to this event. And so it was veterans REI live. It's by Bill Allen, but it was all veterans who were speakers. And so in it though, like everything was covered. So burrs were covered real estate investing was covered. Self-storage was covered. Creative financing, Airbnb is like all of the above. And Whitney Soul had talked about real multifamily and like Michael and I won the VIP package. So we had a one-on-one with him and he like looked at Michael and he's like, Michael, you know, he sounded like Yoda. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to invest in single family. You can go straight to multifamily. And so oh, like, yeah, sure. whatever, dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we can't trust Yoda today. That sounds crazy. Again, it sounded crazy again. <laughs> right. So right. with that, though, we were, we did think that was crazy. And we're like, okay, we're going to attempt single family. And we had like set up a team and everything. And actually, maybe you guys know it in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hey, oh, yep. I'm from Iowa. <laughs> she tuned back in. <laughs> That's funny. And we were going to do burrs there. But then an inland hurricane went through the city. I mean, uh, a year and a couple months ago and like it devastated the city. And we had thought to ourselves, like, we're not starting over single family in another market. Like that's not what we're doing. And so we remembered Yoda, AKA Whitney Sewell and Michael and I were like, okay, we're just going to go straight to multifamily. And we switched all of our networking and all of the conferences that we were going to, to just focus on multifamily. And really, I think we made that decision on a Tuesday and we joined like our first multifamily um, on a Friday. meetup. Yeah. On a Friday. Like it was that fast that we knew that we had to like pivot and not panic just because we wanted to make sure that we did not lose a day of where like real estate could go back to in-person and not virtual anymore. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys. Yeah. You guys 
currently own the home that you live in? No, we rent. I've actually never owned a home. I've only ever rented. But she owns apartment complex. Yes, but I own apartment complex. That's <laughs> awesome. That was what I was, kind of, I was wanting to know was if you guys like just are simply doing this as investment or if you like have your own personal investment too. Mm-mm. Now, so like now. I've been hearing more and more about that because a lot of the younger investors that are starting out, they're, they don't want to be tied down. Yeah. So they, they have their investments mm-hmm. and those investments pay for their travel. So they're like, I don't want to have a house. I don't want to worry about mowing my own lawn. My tenants do it on their own. So like I can basically hop around and they'll buy long distance real estate in places that they want to travel to. So if I have an apartment complex in San Diego, when I go to San Diego, I'm sure I have a vacancy that I can like stay in if I don't want to pay for my own thing. So it's not very uncommon to be honest from what I'm seeing. I know our, our new thing, Marcus, uh, Jason, my husband, Jason, and I have just been talking about in the past like week or two, getting a, a little Airbnb property, probably around the Midwest, but we're like, it'd be so fun. We could go there on the weekends or, you know, and I was yep. like, oh, okay. It's actually affordable. Maybe we'll do it with next year's tax return. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is even like, but like people can even start in passively investing, you know, with their next tax return and people just don't think about it. Right. Like so many people think that you have to have like this huge grand amount of money to invest in anything, but then people don't even think like, oh, I can be a part owner in, in an apartment. You know, like, cause Michael and I, or me, I guess I shouldn't include Michael in this. I felt like millionaires owned apartments. I thought that people just owned them outright. I didn't think that like people came together to pool their money for a down payment. And one of our partners, him and his friends created an LLC together and each put like a little bit of their own money in it so that they could reach the minimum investment together. Like there are a lot of creative ways. People just aren't talking about it because not enough people know about it. And so that's what I also love about investing is that like, you can do it for a very little amount because, you know, not a ton of people straight out of college for sure. Like get those really nice six figure jobs. You know, a lot of people (laughs) are like, yeah, right. (laughs) And so like, they don't have $50,000 right off the bat, but it's like, Uh, I just wish that more people were talking about like, how can we invest? You know, even house hacking is huge. Not enough people know that they could buy a house and just rent out the whole entire house and still go off and do the thing. It's just, it's so amazing how creative you can actually be like, and still build wealth with creativity. Well, the more I keep hearing about, you know, investing in like these multifamily properties, like just being a part owner, the more I'm like, okay, I have my homework. I'm going to go, I'm going to go research this this weekend and um, babe tomorrow or like next week, we're going to be a part owner of something. So (laughs) yeah, the syndications are like that next. So usually people start out the same way where it's like single family and then they'll move up to multifamily and then they want to move up bigger. So then they have to learn syndications. Um, So there's always like that next educational piece, Mm -hmm. which it sounds like you guys are like, right there on um and plus like it's getting the word out there i don't know if you guys have heard about um one of them is fundrise so it's basically like a big global syndication where that was actually my first investment deal was on this app you can start with i think the lowest at that point was a hundred dollars oh wow so all i had at the time was 500 so i put 500 in 
I was one like fraction owner of an apartment complex in I think Texas and then um, put another 500 in. So I'm at a thousand, which is like their next threshold thing. It's all automated. I literally put in money and then I just watch and read what happens. It's so much more fun reading real estate when it's, when you feel like you're somewhat of the owner. Now am I any part of any substantial owner in those? No, but that's like fun money for me. Um, and that's how easy it is to get into real estate where you can start reading and, and hearing about those types of things. And I'm sure there's other platforms out there, but yeah, those syndications will help you, uh, spread your portfolio so much faster. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause that's where Michael and I are at, right? Like we have now syndicated 380 apartments and yeah. like, that's like the glory. Congratulations, of it. by the oh, way. Thanks. <laughs> but like what we really love though, is that like, now we can impact 380 people, right? Like not, right. there's not just one person in those homes, but like creating the business plan to like reflect like what we can actually do besides traditional renovations or like what amenities do we think people would actually want? You know, like when we close, we have a, we send out a survey, we have like a list of projects that we have in mind. Granted, they don't know that, but it's like, will you rate them so that we actually know what they want on the property. It's like really cool that we can slowly like incorporate them into also helping us make decisions, whether they know it or not to like make a better home for them and make a com better community for them. Cause it's so cool, right? Like apartments themselves, like the, we cannot be successful without all of the residents, but for some right. reason, like we see in this space, like we even hear the term like slumlord, right? It's like, how did that ever happen? Because we need all of these people to succeed. And like, when you start talking about people instead of profits, just like wheels turn differently in your mind and in other people's minds. And it's so much easier to want to like put your money somewhere where, you know, you're helping other people. Right. Cause I mean, the stock market is for a lot of people and it's not for a lot of people, but even as you said earlier, like in the stock market, you're not like a part owner of Apple now. I mean, you don't make decisions, but like you also don't impact yeah. people. And realistically, if one thing is said about you, you, like everything can change about your returns. Like in one day, I don't have, you know, half of the people moving out because I said something on the TV. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just wild how it all works like that. Yeah. And it's, it's growing faster and faster with so much information, just traveling through the internet and through all that. But <clears throat> Yeah, there is something to say about, I, I like both ends of it. I like syndicating where I can offload some of the responsibility, but obviously that opens you up to liability. Whereas you have your own assets that you're owned outright. Um, but you guys still have some liability in that with long distance real estate. And that's like my, I'll admit, that's my, my hardest fear to overcome is long distance because of that liability of not managing my own properties. Oh, I was gonna do say, I know the prop? Would you use a Like prop? I know the property manager is going to do the job. It's all going to be fine. But like, I just need to let go. And it's, it's not something I've been able to do yet. If I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true because you've done a lot of things that I can't do. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm the biggest scaredy cat when it comes to investing. Like, it took me years to make my first investment and 
now that I'm like, okay, first investment. Now I'm just kind of sitting back and it, like, it's been three months now where I'm like, okay, haven't heard from the property manager. That's a good sign. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to yeah. start to come in and we're going to start to see like results from it. So <laughs> it's been a roller coaster. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, how did you guys go about choosing your property manager or did you leave that up to your friend who like was your boots on the ground? No, we, we did it because yeah. we actively asset manage from over here. So basically we're managing the, the property manager like on the day on a daily basis um, just because right now, well, especially during the value add strategy, right? As we're implementing the business plan until it gets to stabilization to where we think it's stable, right? Um, and so we took our time and interviewed, you know, half a dozen property management companies and found one that aligned with our values, um, mm-hmm. where they put the residents first and then profit second, right? Because that's what we really care about. Like if they go in and they're like, Hey, we need to replace the wood rot in this unit or whatever, you know, some property managers might be like, Oh, we don't have the budget for it because we need to make distributions. Well, no, that's, you know, that takes precedence, making a precedence, making a safe, affordable, place for a resident to live is, is top priority for us. So we make sure that we found a property management company that align with our values. Um, and then what's helped us, Marcus and, and Natasha, like talking about like long distance investing is we use a project management software tool. So we use Asana. Uh, there's other ones out there like money.com and Trello. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I like yeah, we use, we use Asana. Yeah, I love it. And like for each one of our properties, we have a specific project. And then within that project that we have like certain tasks, right? Like, you know, shave down the sidewalks that are tripping hazards. Like that's a task, right? So like, and then within that task, the property manager can upload photos directly and they can use their phone. They can use their computer, however they, the tablet, however they want to do it. Right. But then everybody who's a part of that, you know, us and our partners and also our property management company, like they're all part of that sauna and we can all see what's going on at one time. Like, okay, what's going on with the, getting the sidewalk shaved down. Okay. Here are the pictures. Here it's being done, took pictures of that. Hey, we approved this vendor, things like that. Like we can communicate with our property management company on a daily basis. So we know exactly what's going on with that property. I um, mean, the reason, another reason why like we've gone for such large apartment complexes is so that we can have like onsite manager and onsite maintenance, you know, at least five days out of the week who are carrying yeah. out a business yeah. plan uh, just because we have to be able to get to the returns that we've projected for our investors. That's awesome. I'm, I'm sure like the interview process of six property managers was taxing because there's so many things to get involved in so many questions to ask. No, it was, but like, what would have been more taxing is like choosing the incorrect one and then spending all of the time, like yeah. with the catch up. Cause I'm on a lot of asset management calls, just like in different groups. And a lot of the time we're focusing on like my property manager did this, my property manager did that. And I just sit there. I'm like, I cannot say anything about my property manager. Cause I love them. Like uh-huh. I like, and I know that in some areas, right. Like there is only one, but like at that point, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't have advice for the person who only has one. I don't know what I would do because that's really, that would be really hard. I don't want to choose from just only one right. and hope for the best. Um, when, when we interviewed, we interviewed like three separate ones and that was so beneficial. Like you could, there was like little bits about each one that we liked, but we kind of went for the bulldog of our property management. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. I mean, and you just have to like 
choose what works best, you know, cause some people like recommended too. And the t- those two that we talked to were like, why, <laughs> you know, like I don't understand. And then it's just like the one, like with Winfield living, just her team. Like, right. When we talked to him, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm have like flowers floating around me right now. Like, Aww. this is really nice. <laughs> and that's the feeling that, um, you need to get with yeah. anybody that you're working with that, like, the butterfly feeling or that energy that just matches. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the wonderful ability of having so many options is you get to pick the one you want. And by the way, home run answer on that one. <laughs> so it would have definitely costed way more money to pick the wrong one. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I mean, good on you guys for doing your follow through on that one. Yeah. Cause I mean, <clears throat> even if these interviews are just an hour, like, one hour might seem a lot in the moment, but like it. How many sleepless yeah. nights you're going to have? Yeah, your long-term investment, an hour is nothing. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not because real estate is the long game, right? So like if an hour feels like a long time to you, real estate is going to feel really slow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. A 30-year more, you know, like what's an hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, was just, I was just listening to actually Bigger Pockets. They had a, it was one of their recent episodes where he's trying to build a vivid vision. I don't know if you've read that one. Yeah. Um, but he talks about how uh, he was trying to do a training lesson with this guy who won an award at BPCon. And he was like, what's one of your obstacles? And he's like, well, I, I'm trying to set aside time to train somebody to do the work I need them to do. And I just haven't been able to find the time to train them. And he was like, I don't believe you, basically. Yeah. Uh, you take 30 minutes out of your day to train somebody to do a five minute task forever. So you, you spend 30 minutes and you get, I don't know, 5,000 minutes back. Yeah. yeah. That's a good deal. Right. Yeah, and, even- and I was like, dang, you're speaking to me because I have that issue. Yeah. Oh, and I don't know if like these people are training them to do something like in person or on the computer, but like what Michael and I do is that we will actually record ourselves doing the task so that we send it to them and like we go through it together and then they have that recording so they can look back in case they ever have questions. Yep. Yeah, That's a I good idea. Yeah. I don't want to re-explain it like 15 times. If I can record it while they're on the call, they ask the questions during the call. And then afterwards, there it is yeah. forever for them. I don't need it. Then you can use that for That us. is like the quick tip. That's the quick tip of the day. Yeah. <laughs> So it, that so, was a super good idea. I didn't even think about that one. There's a lot of things I don't think about, but that one definitely <laughs> was a great idea. So to supercharge that, awesome. that tip, Marcus, to supercharge that tip, we actually have an Asana set up for that, where we have all the tasks that we have to get done for the business. Well, not all of them, a majority of them, and things that we have our assistants do. And then in each one of those tasks, we can comment about it, but also we can upload that video link where we record everything through Loom. Um, and then any other videos that we need and any other supporting documents all in that one task. And then when they open it up, they're like, okay, this is, this is, you know, I don't know, uploading podcasts to website. Here's how you do it. And there's Susie showing them how to do it. Right. And then here's all some other documents that you might need, like all rolled up. Into Man, and it's you're just- setting yourself up for such future expansion. So if you have to hire out and your team gets bigger and bigger, you've already done your training yeah. years before. Exactly. And now you just have a big catalog of a training video. Yeah. <laughs> That's genius. Yeah. And it's, it's made life a lot easier because 
I mean, so many people get into like entrepreneurship and real estate or whatever their thing is like to get time back. But like we end up telling ourselves that like we're the only ones who know how to do a task. But like if our main thing is to get time back, then we have to implement like actually getting time back. None of us, we say it and then we don't do it. And then we say it again. And then we still don't do it. I mean, Michael and I went around for the longest time, like on our whiteboard, like training videos was on there for a really long time. And then finally I was like, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, like I don't yep. want to update the website ever again. Like I don't want I'll to. I'll finally hit enter on that yeah. one. <laughs> right. Because we're doing these like repeatable tasks over and over and over and over and over. So like, why not just record you doing it? Right. Yeah. I have man, that's such a good idea. The Zoom recording, or well, I just use Zoom to record myself, and I have found that to be an invaluable tool. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a big difference. I am now adding to my notes learn how to record myself doing something. (laughs) I first have to (laughs) learn that task. I will come over to your house and I will show you. (laughs) We we use Loom, L O O M, instead of Zoom, because then it just, I don't know if you heard of that one, it just puts in the cloud and then you have a link. And then you can share that link with people. So, but Zoom Zoom works great too because you can yeah. also re- record Zoom Zoom with a Z and, or a Z or whatever you want to say. In the, well, I just in the... I figure we're paying for one thing. Why yeah. you know why pay for? Yeah, no, it's, it's true. But no, that's a super good idea with the training videos. Um, and it it goes on to um, actually the same episode. He was talking to that guy, and he was like, if you're you're making, I don't know if it was 200,000 a year, basically, uh, net. And he's like, if you are the CEO and you are making, or your company is making 200,000, or I don't know if that was a salary, if that was a net overall company, but either way, he's like, if you're, if you are paying a CEO a hundred thousand a year and you see him doing $15 an hour work, are you going to be upset or are you going to be happy? He's like, oh, I'd be upset. And he's like, well, that's you. So you have yeah. to get upset with yourself doing those $15, $20 an hour tasks mm-hmm. when you're being paid. So you have to fire yourself. And he's like, the crux of it is I can't because I don't have time to train somebody. And that's when that all evolved. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was how it all evolved <laughs> into it. And you guys are speaking right to that. Yeah. Um, get yourself out of those so you can work more on the vision yeah. on that side the of things. Is- yeah. And if we don't fire ourselves either, like we can't even ever go on vacation. Like what's the point of having a business? Can't play golf. Yeah. You can't play golf. You can't go swimming. I don't know what other people like to do. Snowboarding, sledding in Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do snow, not as much as Colorado. Right. That's definitely more of a hub. Yeah. Yeah. I've I think we're more snowmobile. Park. We're like snowmobiling. Um, That's like our yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Not personally, but toboggans. Toboggans. <laughs> I say you were from originally. Oh, so I'm like California and Iowa, and he's Georgia. Gotcha. California and Iowa, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like, it's like, how do you explain that? So, like, born and partly raised in California, and then like finished my high school years in Iowa. Got it. Where in California okay. were you born? So in Los Angeles, but I lived in Orange County. Okay. I was born in Long Beach. Oh, mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> in Iowa, so. Yeah. Look at that. That's awesome. That does happen. 
<laughs> yeah, other people move from California to Iowa. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're like, I think we're probably the two only people that that's happening. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> about the only other person in the Yeah, United right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been your scariest moment in investing so far? Have you had any moments that you've been like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is a little too stressful or? Too stressful. No, I mean, so there's a couple of stories. I'm going to tell one because this is the first one that popped into my head. So there is a labor shortage everywhere. Majority of people know that. So mm-hmm. like I went to Tulsa and like helped with a property for four weeks, five weeks ish. And I was cleaning one out because when somebody moved out, they left all of their stuff behind all of it. Lovely. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So it took me two 17 yard dumpsters to empty all of their stuff. Ooh. But one of them, he had this, I say it's a, he, sorry, only cause I know it was a, he, but, um, underneath the sink in the kitchen there or in the bathroom, there were like Tupperware containers. They were pretty big though. Like they had like little th- three little holes, like on each side. I'm like, what is this? What is this? You know? And then I'm like looking at it. I'm like, this is filled with dirt. Like, I don't understand. Right. And then I opened up the other bathroom like counter and he had pet tarantulas and I like dropped it. I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, like, why am I cleaning out? Why am I cleaning out apartments where they have pet tarantulas? Like, is it alive? The lid was off. Am I cleaning tarantulas? Are there any still left? Where did they go? Like, so that was one that was very exterminator. Come now. Like just very direct, like, cause a lot of us in multifamily syndications, like don't really know what it's like to completely clean out a unit. Cause one, you can hire people to do it all of the time, but during a labor shortage, if you can't hire anyone to do it, what do you do? You You go and do it. And so that's just like, not what I expected at all, especially even because as a renter, I've always moved all my stuff out. So I guess in my head, I naively never thought that somebody could leave their entire house behind, like never had been a thought, you know, at first I walked in and I was like pretty sad. And then I saw the tarantula cages and I was like, you know, I'm going to need to take a break today. Today is a break day. But like, that was just a crazy wine. Yeah. It was just like a crazy experience. Like, and, but hindsight like, it's really not that bad. Right. Cause even if I just like take myself out of that situation, like I actually can afford to like have an apartment complex, like, you know, and there's other people that I need to impact. So like the whole entire time I'm cleaning it out, I'm like, you know what, if it wasn't me, it would just be someone else. And why does this someone else also deserve to have to clean this out? And so in times like that, it's been pretty overwhelming. Cause that was, that was yes. The first like tarantula changes, but not the first apartment I had to clean out. So I've seen a lot at this point now that I never thought that I would see, but some of those moments I was like, why am I here? Why am I in real estate full time? What am I doing? <laughs> but overall, yeah, you with the transition that you've made. Yeah, no, overall, I'm very happy because I mean, the next day I went back and I was like, okay, time to clean another one. <laughs> yeah, there's no avoiding it. Um, I no. had a cash for keys situation on one of my flips and um one day we're doing demo and we're ripping through the plaster and I ripped down this part of the ceiling and I hear like a squeak. <gasps> and I was like, that wasn't like a nail squeak. So like I 
take my crowbar back up and I pull it down again and some insulation comes down and then all of a sudden this thing flops across the ground and it's like a little brown bat. Oh my God. And I was like, all right, well, I don't, I don't know what to do with this thing. I'm, I, I'm not very good with bats. Um, <laughs> so like, all I know is I think there are some bats that are protected. So this is a little brown bat. So like I pick up a shovel and like, after it starts moving, because I thought it was dead for a little bit. So I just went back to a different room. (laughs) And then I came back and it's moved. So I'm like, okay, it's alive. So I kind of take a shovel and I kind of toss it out the door. And it takes off and flies and goes right back up into the house. (laughs) Into the, it's like an eve where my dormer was. Um, And I was like, okay, well, that didn't work. (laughs) And I keep pulling stuff down. At the end of the project, I think we found something like 65 bats. Wow. That we've had. We basically had to rehome them because you can take them like 30 miles and they'll find their way back. It's crazy. Shut up. Learned so much about bats. (laughs) Still don't like touching them. (laughs) Yeah, it's like one of those things where I'm like, I don't want to touch that room. But then I went into a different room and they're over there. They were in all of the walls around the house wow that was in your house avoiding him what is that that in your house yes okay yeah that's what i thought that was the one i bought that was my first ever purchase too so first ever purchase auction so sight unseen auction and then i've got live bats living in it but it was a teardown so nothing of that is still in there that's good that i know of right (laughs) um so is most of your stuff you purchase is that going to be rent ready is that is some of that going to be some of those rehab burr that you guys were talking about before how do you guys divide that up yeah most of it is like a value add strategy um so we'll go in like i wouldn't say we, we don't buy anything that's like um has like a really occupancy range at that. Like we buy things that are already, you know, have you typically stabilized. So like 90% occupancy or higher. Okay. Um, and then we just, you know, remodel the units as they turn. We don't do like it. We don't kick everybody out, remodel it and then bring, you know, retenant it or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, as, as we, you know, our business model is like a light value added strategy. So we just, you know, do the renovations as they come and then bring them the rents to market basically. Yeah. I'm sure that's a, a, a very safe model for you guys, especially being long distance. Um, you kind of get the best of both worlds. You can put your personal touch on it, but you're not blowing the thing up before you rebuild it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Cause it's that would be a lot of work for a process. property manager. Yeah. 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 Like- yeah. You need like a construction manager on site all the time. And yeah. So yeah. Um, so what is next? What is your future plans? Cause you guys have come from scared to hit enter. To <laughs> how many, how many doors do you guys have now? 388. 388. How over what span? Like uh, nine, months. nine months. Dang. So from nine months, you went from, I don't even know if I can ask a question to almost 400 doors. What is next? Yeah. So the whole, I will say the whole process, it's been like a year and a half, but like we purchased our first one nine months ago. And then from there, we just, it just been a firestorm, but yeah. uh, you want to say what's next? 
Yeah, uh, we're just, I think we're kind of, well, we are now developing more units on one of the properties that we own, uh, just because there's extra awesome. land there. Um, and so we're developing, we're learning, dipping our toes into development. And we also are looking at some property. We want to build additional, you know, larger complexes on maybe some single family build rent stuff. So, um, yeah. Right. Cause there's a housing problem. So like the only way to help fix the housing problem at this point is to develop. And yeah, yeah there are so many syndicators looking for the same exact thing that we are in our market. So it's like, okay, how we got to We got to try to do something different then. Yeah. Is this, is the new development, is that a syndication? So you've got other people in on the build? It will be, yeah. Okay. And with that syndication, just for, uh, you don't have to go into the, the nitty gritty, like details of it, but for people that are listening that might be thinking about getting into that, do you guys divide up roles within that? Like is one of the partners, the build is one of them, the management like how did how do you guys divide up your roles to make sure this goes smoothly? So Michael and I are like the lead sponsors for a lot of it. So like there we bring people on to I guess help with some tasks at the beginning, like besides just raising capital, because you cannot be brought onto a deal just to raise capital. Um, so we have someone else who's also like asset managing with us, but then we had other individuals like reach out to different vendors just at the beginning. You know, we had somebody handle the SEC and real estate attorney. We had somebody handle cost segregation, but so for the development side though, we would have someone like, cause we would still be leads because we're the ones who found the land and did all that. And then I would actually be like a construction manager on top of like hiring someone because I've never done it. So like, it's more of me learning from that individual, but then having people, um, it'd be the same team members for the first one, just like if we need capital, then they can help bring capital because they've already been part of another role within that deal. Yeah. And that's going to be nice to have those relationships Yeah, as definitely. this thing goes further and gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you find yourself uh, thinking about how you're going to adapt? You're only in the UK for one more year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So when you come back, is this going to be a like an amazing, like we're both going full-time real estate and you're going to go from like 300 doors to 3,000 doors in a couple months? Or how well, is that so- going to change your business? Yeah. So being in person, I think it'll just be, actually, I think it'll just be like more fun for me. Right. Cause like, I'll be able to go out and meet more investors. So I don't necessarily, we don't need to take on way more properties because we want to still be very, very involved with them. We just want to be more intimately involved. So I think that's what it will include. Like I will be able to go to Tulsa much easier. I mean, yes, we want to take down more properties, but Like, I want to make sure that I always have a pulse on them. And if 3000 means that, again, I'm working like well over 40 hours a week, then it defeats the purpose all over again. So it's like just creating boundaries of like, okay, this is our goal, um, which is to retire Michael from the military, but he can't retire for like another six and a half years. So we have a little bit of time, (laughs) but just doing that and then still being able to do the things that we want to do. Like, I don't want to have to work nights. I don't want to keep working weekends. Like, so the nicest part will be, we will be in the time zone as other people, the same people similarly. So I'm not at that point where it's like, okay, well, it's only seven o'clock here. So it's 
one o'clock in Tulsa, I can still talk to people for a couple of hours. Like by that point, I'm hoping that won't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's gonna be exciting. Saying. Yeah. Where well, I'm excited. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, going back to teach is going to be exciting too. So we don't want to diminish that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. and, uh, do you teach at the Academy? I forgot to ask that way in the beginning. So uh, you yeah. guys are in Colorado? Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah. You're our second military guest in the last two weeks. Oh, wow. That's nice. cool. Yeah. It's been really um, I Both you- of you guys are like so like accomplished. Like Marcus and Marcus <laughs> looked at each other last week and we're like, uh, I feel like I've accomplished nothing in life. And Marcus- Comparison <laughs> is the thief of joy. That's true. That's- <laughs> no, it's just, it's super cool to see because um, he was saying that like he's a pilot. He mm-hmm. runs triathlons Mm. he does real estate investing he's got i think they had two kids one was a couple weeks old third on the way or third just came yeah he's just he's juggling a lot and he was so calm like you guys are so calm he was organized just like you guys are so organized and it's just yeah it's cool to see from how many different paths people have and adversities that people have and for them to come on and say like yes we have adversity but we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and you guys are crushing it, by the way, in Thank a year you. and a half to go up that many units or that many doors is, is incredible. I so know. Kudos. I, I have to pick your ear afterwards. So okay. <laughs> that is more than okay. Awesome. Just be well, two more people giving her the kick. I know. <laughs> no, like we're, we have one house down. We're talking about our second house, but now that we've talked about this whole syndication thing, that might be our next step too, as well, in addition to. Um, But so I typically ask one question at the end of every podcast, but I don't know if this is applicable to you guys because you guys don't actually own your own home. So my question- Well, they do a value add on their units. That's true. So maybe we could turn it there. That's true. Hmm. So my typical question is what, if you have done, what has been your favorite DIY project? Hmm. Oh, so in the laundry center, because we cannot put washer and dryers in all of the apartments, mm-hmm. um, this isn't really like a DIY. I mean, we made it our construction paper, but we, <laughs> we put like, uh, we made a tree with different color leaves and it was like our thankful for tree. It's like, Aww. we have all the residents right on the leaves and then add it, but we put it in the laundry area. Cause it's like a community area where everyone can go and see yeah. it. And so that's more of like our DIY, like DIY. what? Oh yeah. Sorry. D I Y I can't, yeah, that's, that's, that's too, that, those are hard. <laughs> do yourself it. And so <laughs> like, I like, it's cool to be able to be creative like that, you know, like it's, a, that's a very low cost, but it like brings a lot of love for, and like to others. And so I think that's my, that's my favorite. That's, that's my favorite. Awesome. Yeah. That's that is cool. Heartwarming. Yeah. yeah. My my son and I did something very similar to that a couple of years ago. And it's it's nice to be able to reflect back and like remember, like, oh, that's right. I can be th- thankful for something today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, like I'm super thankful I had a chocolate donut for breakfast, or I don't know. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Love no, it. I get it. <laughs> I don't even like chocolate or donuts, but it just came to my mind. That's funny. <laughs> But anyway. No, that's a, a 
is definitely a cool one. I, I think that those value add things, I, I feel like are some things that are forgotten. And you were kind of alluding to that where you don't want to just put up a, an apartment and just have people go live there, like make it their home, give them the little extra things to make them feel comfortable. Um, I do some value adds. There's not a lot of places out here that do pets, but like I love pets. So all my units will allow pets just because I feel like if you can take care of a pet and you can take care of the space. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that makes it more homey. Yeah. Um, no, it does. So what small I, value add, but when I, when I got my first tenant at our property, we did a huge like welcome basket. So we got our first investment property in wine country in Oregon. So we included like, a bottle of wine from out there and chocolates from out there and I think it was like cool. and like granola bars and stuff for the dog because we let them have a dog so like we did this big welcome basket and so I think they were thankful for it and it just I, we wanted to do something nice in hopes that they would respect our property with the same vigor that we welcome them mm. yeah I love it yeah. I do too yeah, cool. so. um, yeah those value-add things are, are something that our kudos to you guys for thinking of. Um, I'm going to have to have them I, on Marcus to see where they are in like six months because they'll be like, oh, absolutely. Out of this world. 6,000 doors. Yeah. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Uh, too much. Too kind. They'll be doing the podcast on the private jet. Yeah, right, right. There going go. from there one property go. to the next. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he wants I'm to setting go. some very lofty goals for you guys. So I appreciate it. <laughs> if you're not on the private jet, we need the green screen to show the private jet. I can do that. We can do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, awesome. Um, yeah, we definitely will have you have you guys back if you will come spend the time with us again. Yeah, um, I am so excited to see where you guys take this. Uh, you've got the mindset is just great, um, tactically great. So I just want to see where this goes. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, but I know you guys were kind of on a time crunch. We're coming up on the hour, so we won't keep you any longer. Um, but one thing, how can people get a hold of you? Because I'm sure our listeners are going to have questions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for asking. So Susie was talking a lot about, we talked a lot about like return on impact throughout this podcast, right? Like the impacts we're making in the residents. So like um, what Susie ended up doing was like writing up like a guide of like how to passively invest and make an impact at the same time. So if you want to download your free copy of that, just go to adventurousrei.com forward slash impact. And there you can get that guide. Um, but if you also want to connect with Susie now, you can go to adventurousrei.com forward slash info. Mm -hmm. And that's a landing page where you can find our YouTube channel, our podcast and connect with Susie and I on LinkedIn there as well. So. Awesome. And we'll make sure to have those in the, the link, the show notes as well. So if you awesome. didn't catch it, don't worry. Just go into the show notes. It'll be in there. Um, definitely reach out. Susie, Michael, amazing things. Um, keep on working on it. Um, obviously, Michael, good luck with the doctorate. <laughs> um, overall, keep chugging on the real estate. Super impressive what you guys have done. Um, and thank you guys for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Awesome. I never laughed so much. <laughs> we will we'll have just as fun of a time next time um but yeah natasha will reach back out that was i'm sure. so excited to see what the progress is 
I know. Cool. I can't wait to go home and do all of my homework after this one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thank all right. You. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. Thank, thank you. You, you as well. Take Bye, care. guys. Thank you. Bye. See ya.